Welcome to our Fit to be Fit Nutrition Seminar. I'm Christina Lucy, and I'd like to begin by asking a few questions. Would you agree that losing weight can be hard? How many of you have been on or are on a weight loss, weight gain roller coaster? Would you say constantly gaining unwanted fat is frustrating? How many of you feel like you are on a constant battle with your body size? Have any of you been on a diet that worked? Yes, but you're here weighing more than you want to weigh, right? It didn't really work long-term anyway. Yeah, most diets don't work. It's pretty confusing out there, isn't it? There's vegetarian, vegan versus paleo, keto, Atkins. There's the low-fat diet, low-calories diet, blood type way of eating. There is fasting, intermittent fasting, the shake diets, the Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, Metafast, which is now Octavia, to name a few. And on top of that, there are all these pills and injections that block fat or absorb fat or keep you from being hungry. What works? Eat less and work out more? In theory, yes, but in reality, no. I'll tell you why in a little bit. You should also know that what works for you may not work for your friend or your neighbor or even someone that shares your DNA because we are all different and our struggle with weight gain and challenge with losing weight can be very different. Being fat or overweight isn't necessarily your fault. Oh, it could be if you are indulging in too many cookies, chips, soda, beer, or wine, processed food in general. It could be if you eat in excess and spend most of your time being sedentary. It could be if you aren't sleeping well. It could be if your hormones aren't in harmony with each other. There are many factors that lie in the reasons we hold on to excess body fat. Genetics absolutely do play a role in this. However, learned behavior passed down from our family, I believe, can play a stronger role. It pains me to see parents in a grocery store pushing their cart filled with sugary cereals, chips, soda, can after box of processed foods. This has created a childhood obesity epidemic. Any chance to be a fit adult will be an uphill battle. A friend of mine recently had margarine in her refrigerator containing trans fat. I let her know that margarine is very unhealthy for her. She said, well, that's what my mom always bought. My mom did too. There was a time in which it was believed that eating artificial food was better than eating real food. Maybe you were brought up like this. I was. Nutritional information wasn't as prevalent as it is now. The problem now, though, is the information is confusing and contradictory. I hope today I will be able to clarify a few things for you. Before grocery stores, our great ancestors sometimes went many days with no food. Thus, they were forced to fast and they were very active looking for food. Now we have food in an instant. Fast food, drive through restaurants, convenience stores, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash and the like. We even have home delivery from nearly every grocery store in America. Pop a frozen meal in a microwave and you can be eating a hot meal in about five to seven minutes. Would you agree by comparison, our times have changed significantly. Our bodies, however, still behave, respond, store, and burn fat the way they were designed for survival. There are foods we consume that can cause us to store more fat easily and they are called processed foods. Nearly every food that comes in a box, jar, or can has been processed. To lose weight, you have to get healthy first. What do I mean by that? Well, your extra weight is a symptom of an unhealthy body. Your weight gain is actually not the cause of an unhealthy body. It is a symptom. Losing weight is unnatural to the body. The body doesn't want to lose weight or fat. It's contrary to survival. It's always striving to survive. 
The number one important factor to losing weight is to balance our hormones. What we do and consume play a role in having our hormones work together harmoniously. When we don't eat right and do not exercise, there can be some glitches within our hormones, which will cause weight gain and ultimately disease. The primary diseases we're looking at are of the heart and kidney. Diabetes and depression are right up there too. Let's define hormones. A hormone is a chemical that a part of your body makes and releases into your bloodstream to trigger or control actions in another part of your body. There are many types of hormones that do different things. There are hormones for growth, metabolism, and fertility. The takeaway here is that hormones are chemical messengers with responsibility for your body's survival. These many different chemicals and processes make the metabolism work. Now there can be times when our hormones are off. You may have heard of a metabolic disorder. This is when something is wrong with your body's metabolism, which is the ability to turn food into energy and get rid of waste. A metabolic disorder can lead to metabolic syndrome, which is a cluster of conditions that occur together, increasing your risk of heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes. These conditions include blood pressure, high blood pressure, excess body fat, specifically around the waist, and abnormal cholesterol or triglyceride levels. What we eat, when we eat, and what we do all play a significant role in keeping our hormones harmonious and having a healthy metabolism. Now I know science isn't everyone's jam and it can get a little boring for some, so I'm going to shorten this up the best I can. I'm going to touch upon six fat burning hormones. There are six hormones predominantly responsible for fat burning. It gets complicated and I want to keep things simple, so here are some quick takeaways. Detoxification is essential to a healthy functioning thyroid, which in turn is essential for a healthy fat-burning metabolism. Avoid exposure to heavy metals, including mercury and lead. These will poison the body and decrease the normal functioning of your thyroid gland. Human growth hormone has two main functions, stimulating growth, mainly in children, and impacting your metabolism. How your body turns the food you eat into energy. Human growth hormone is commonly known as HDH, which impacts our metabolism, primarily by increasing the production of insulin-like growth factor 1. I'll refer to this as IGF-1. IGF-1 is a hormone similar in structure to insulin that manages the effects of HGH in your body, which once again is human growth hormone. IGF-1 is like the worker bee hired by growth hormone. This is important to know. The chemistry of IGF-1 is very similar to insulin in that they both burn fuel. They work together back and forth to determine what fuel you're going to use. If insulin is kicked in while you're eating, you will use sugar as fuel. Now, if sugar is burning, you're not burning fat. When we are over fat and don't want to be over fat, we want to burn our stored fat, right? When you are not eating or fasting, you'll primarily be using fat as fuel. This is a key point here to remember. Insulin is in the pancreas and burns sugar. IGF-1 is in the liver and burns fat. Because IGF-1 is in the liver, it's important to have a healthy liver. If you destroy your liver or it gets fatty, it loses its capacity to make IGF-1, which then forces your body to make more insulin, and this is so bad. It is key to take care of your liver. Eating cruciferous vegetables can help. What are cruciferous vegetables, you ask? They include some stinky ones like Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, bok choy, broccoli, mustard plant, and similar green leaf vegetables. Other foods that help cleanse the liver are fatty fish 
like salmon and sardines. Beets, oatmeal, turmeric, ginger, and citrus also help in cleansing the liver. Glucagon is a fat-burning hormone as it instructs the liver to release stored glucose when blood sugars are too low, which causes blood sugar to rise. This works in opposition of insulin, which helps the cells absorb glucose, reducing blood sugar. It is produced to maintain glucose levels or sugar levels in the bloodstream when fasting and to raise very low glucose or sugar levels. As long as the pancreas produces enough insulin and your body can use it properly, blood sugar levels will be kept within a healthy range. Insulin helps move glucose or sugar into the cells to use for energy. We will talk more about this later, but I feel like today's American diet is the primary reason we, as a whole, are over fat. Our sugar levels are not in a healthy range. Adrenaline is triggered by high intensity exercise and extreme fear. Neither state you want to stay in for too long. The main hormones I want to focus on right now are insulin, which I believe everyone is pretty aware of, and the hormone not many are familiar with, IGF-1. Insulin, again, is a fat-making hormone, and IGF-1 is a fat-burning hormone. Insulin is portrayed as the bad guy, but it wasn't designed to be that way. The pancreas responds to our eating and drinking by releasing insulin, whose job it is to escort the sugar into the muscles to where it can be burned for energy. Then ideally, go away. Insulin should be elevated for only a short time, a few times a day, right after you've eaten. Once the insulin returns to normal levels, the coast is clear for IGF-1 to come in and do its magic. Until recently, not much has been said about the IGF-1 hormone in nutrition and medicine, but recent research has shown that it plays a dynamic role in weight loss. IGF-1 sends messages to your fat cells that tell them to open up and release all the energy inside. However, when you eat a diet high in processed foods and or sugary foods, pretty much the standard American diet, your blood sugar rises a lot. And if you are snacking all day long, well, it's kind of like this. It's a great analogy I heard and I'll share it with you. Insulin is kind of like the big, hairy, smelly guy in the gym who hogs all the machines. IGF-1 is like the maintenance crew that keeps the machines running in tip-top shape. When insulin is hogging the machines, insulin can't get in. Eventually, the machines start breaking down. A key factor in losing weight is to lower your insulin levels, and that is where a lot of diet programs simply stop. They bring down the insulin levels, which can easily be done with a carb-controlled diet. But the key is to balance the insulin and IGF-1, keeping both hormones at their ideal metabolic level. Another hormone we should be aware of is leptin. Leptin's primary role is to regulate long-term energy. It's similar to the gas gauge on your car. It tells you when you are running low on fuel. If your gas gauge is broken, you will never know when to fuel up. Leptin is released by the fat cells and tells your brain that your fat cells are full or empty. When leptin has been released at high levels, it sends a signal to your brain that you are full and you should stop eating. When your primary fuel source is sugar instead of fat, that doesn't happen. People who are over fat have plenty of leptin, but it's not getting the signal to their brain and they become leptin resistant, just like you can become insulin resistant. When you are leptin resistant, you are always hungry or craving food. There's a perceived starvation and your body's response is to slow down the metabolism. Your body adjusts and learns to run on less fuel. Slowing down our metabolism will also occur if we go on a low calorie diet. Homeostasis refers to our body's need to reach and maintain a certain state of equilibrium or balance. 
Your body has set points for a variety of states, including temperature, weight, sleep, thirst, and hunger. Another way to think of it is like the thermostat in your house. Once set at a certain point, it works to keep the temperature at that set point. A normal room temperature is about 70 degrees, but if your home's thermostat was set at 32 degrees, you would find it too cold. We decide that the temperature of the house depends on heat in versus heat out. Since you need more heat in, you get a portable heater. The temperature goes up at first in response to the heater, but then the air conditioner kicks on. The heater and air conditioner are at constant battle with each other until the heater finally breaks. The temperature returns to 32 degrees due to our failure to recognize the house contains a homeostatic mechanism, the thermostat. The smarter solution would have been to identify the thermostat's control and simply set it to a more comfortable 70 degrees. The reason diets are so hard is we are constantly trying to fight our own body. As we lose weight, our body tries to bring it back up. This whole idea of lowering your calories in to lose weight only works if the amount of calories out remains the same. But because of our homeostasis mechanism, that does not happen. Imagine in another analogy, you earn and spend $100,000 a year. If your salary were cut to $25,000 a year, you would have to lower the amount of money going out to balance the budget. Money in and money out are dependent variables, since reduction of one will directly cause a reduction in the other. Now apply that to losing weight. What we find is a sudden reduction of calories in causes a similar reduction in calories out and no weight loss as the body balances its energy budget. It's not simply a matter of how many calories you consume, but what kind of calories and when. All aspects of fat metabolism are enhanced in the absence of insulin. Here are some ways to lower your insulin. Avoid eating sugar. Sugar with protein. This spikes insulin more. If you're going to eat protein, eat it alone. But if you're going to consume sugar, eat it with protein because that will slow it down. The protein will slow it down. So in other words, if you're going to eat protein, that's your goal is to eat some protein, then just eat that. If your goal is to eat sugar, then add some protein with it. No excess protein. About the size of the palm of your hand is all that you need. Avoid consuming MSG, monosodium glutamate. It's a flavor enhancer found Predominantly in Chinese food, but really most all fast food, most processed foods, especially processed meat like deli meat, MSG spikes insulin a lot. Avoid stress. I know sometimes easier said than done, but cortisol is triggered by stress, which creates belly fat. Cortisol is a stress hormone, but cortisol does not create belly fat directly. It works through insulin, so stress increases insulin. When you have too much insulin, you become insulin resistant. Insulin resistance is when cells in your muscles, fat, and liver don't respond to insulin and can't take glucose from your blood. So your pancreas makes more and more insulin to try to get glucose to enter your cells. Eating sugar definitely spikes your insulin, but eating in general spikes insulin. People who graze throughout the day or snack frequently will continue to spike their insulin. This is why having two or three meals a day is better when wanting to burn fat. I know this is contradictory to what you may have been told before. 
When I was first studying nutrition, we were told to eat every three to four hours, whether you were hungry or not. And this was to keep your metabolism up. Now, if you logically think about this, eating every three or four hours does not allow time for your body to go into the fat stores and burn fat as fuel because you are constantly giving it fuel to burn. If you are of a healthy weight, then sure, eat more frequently if you want. But if you are wanting to burn stored fat, then the only way to do that is to allow your body to burn fat as fuel. We also want to decrease our inflammation. High glycemic carbohydrates cause elevated blood glucose and insulin levels and have shown to cause and worsen inflammation. Vegetable oils also increase inflammation. Oils such as soybean oil, corn oil, safflower oil, cottonseed oil, and sunflower oil. They are ultra inflammatory. They contribute to the breakdown of your mitochondria and the ability to burn fat. Mitochondria, known as the powerhouse of the cell, produce energy necessary for the cell's functioning and survival. Mitochondria break down glucose into an energy molecule known as ATP, which is used to fuel various other cellular processes. Soybean oil is also known to be a carcinogen. A carcinogen is something that causes cancer. Soybean oil is in nearly every salad dressing, sauce, and mayonnaise on the grocery shelves. It is in nearly every packaged food that contains oil. Please read your labels and do not eat these foods. Let's talk about alcohol for a moment. A glass of wine is like consuming a handful of candy. It immediately hits your bloodstream, sending your blood sugar levels up, spiking that insulin. But that's not all. Alcohol turns into acetate, which is broken down in the liver. All fat burning is halted until all acetate is burned because acetate is a poison in the body and that takes priority to burn off before fat. So all fat burning is put on hold and alcohol creates extra work for your liver. Alcohol consumption also lowers your inhibitions and can contribute to a lack of judgment, which can lead to eating unhealthy foods. Therefore, consuming alcohol while desiring to burn excess body fat should be eliminated or at least brought to a minimum. You will know your metabolism is balanced when the following are in check. Sleep, hunger, mood, energy, and your cravings. All of your hormones must work together properly to maintain a healthy weight. Knowing every last detail of this isn't important. What is important to understand is that they all work together. And until you take specific steps to get them all fixed, you'll be stuck in a sugar-burning, fat-gaining cycle. Being over fat is a hormonal imbalance. There are two main considerations for proper food choices. What to eat, when to eat. For each of us, there will be some factors that are more important than others. For some, it may be sugar. For others, it could be lack of quality sleep or being leptin resistant. The important thing to know is that addressing the issues and finding what is at the root will change your life. Areas to begin would be clean up your body and environment from toxins. Eat clean, choose whole unprocessed foods, ideally organic, exercise every day. Even a 15 minute walk is beneficial. In avoiding toxins, you can take a relaxing bath with Epsom salt. Magnesium sulfate is great for drawing toxins out of the body. Whenever possible, choose wild caught fish and grass fed, grass finished beef, pasture raised protein with no antibiotics, steroids, or hormones. Try to avoid drinking from plastic. Never eat food that has been microwaved in plastic. Try to use glass and stainless steel as your primary sources. All plastic containers with the number three, number six, number seven for recycling, leach plastic into your food. Don't drink from styrofoam cups. 
they can release potentially toxic breakdown products like styrene, particularly when heated. The fact that we have been drinking hot coffee out of styrofoam cups for years blows me away. Speaking of coffee, please drink organic coffee. Coffee is one of the most sprayed crops on the planet. By choosing organic on the following 14 foods, you will substantially reduce your toxic exposure. Apples, celery, cherry, tomatoes, cucumbers, grapes, hot peppers, imported nectarines, peaches, potatoes, spinach, strawberries, bell peppers, kale, and summer squash. These are known as the most contaminated crops due to pesticides. Most household cleaners are toxic. Bleach and ammonia are very toxic. Choose natural cleaners instead. Seventh generation method, Melaleuca are a few options. Good old vinegar and water, baking soda, those are, are great cleaners as well. Now talking about exercise. Walking is the perfect exercise. You can do it anywhere and it costs nothing. It boosts circulation, which speeds nutrients through the bloodstream to feed hungry cells. Improved circulation will help your body get rid of toxins. I highly recommend going for a short walk or even a long walk, but at least a short walk after eating. In closing, I'd like to share a few tips I've learned along the way. Please know that I am not one of those genetically gifted women. If I don't work at it naturally, I gain weight very easily. I can also fall into very unhealthy habits that only make being fit more challenging. Good habits were not instilled in me. I wasn't brought up on fast food. We rarely ate out, but we did mostly eat processed foods. I grew up in the era where TV dinners were growing in popularity due to their inexpensive cost and quick preparation time. Oh, and hamburger helper, shake and bake, chicken, ugh. I don't think we knew any better. I believe the only fresh vegetables I ever ate growing up were iceberg lettuce and tomatoes. Everything else was out of a can. My family was also big into the clean plate club. If you ate everything on your plate, you got a star by your name posted on the refrigerator. I was set up for overeating and eating foods that were poor in quality. Thankfully, as I grew up, I learned a few things that I can now pass on to you. I believe it is incredibly important to do your own research. The things I have shared with you, some of them are controversial and there's opposing information out there. If you dig deep enough, you can find the real truth, which is how I came to the conclusion that vegetable oils aren't good for you, specifically soybean oil. Okay, here are those tips. Number one, we know that many restaurant portions are huge. Therefore, to keep from overeating, when you order your meal, ask for a to-go container to come with your meal or ask for it soon after the meal is delivered. This will keep you from overeating, knowing you can pack it up and eat it at a later time. Sometimes, if the half-eaten meal is there in front of you, you will tend to pick at it and consume too much. The best option is to just get the excess out of sight right away. If you are craving sweets, eat a healthy fat. What? Yeah, I know, it sounds crazy, but I've been there where I am craving sugar like crazy. I may have devoured every sweet thing in my kitchen from cereal to ice cream, and I'm still craving sugar to where my body's obsession is on overload. There are two real things happening here. Number one, your body isn't in the need of or desiring sugar. It is needing either water or fat, yep. So when your sugar cravings start, first drink a full eight ounces of water. Then try some healthy fat, a spoonful of an all-natural nut butter or coconut oil or a handful of nuts or half a small avocado. Your sugar craving will subside. Third tip is if you drink creamer, especially vanilla creamer, 
or any kind of flavor creamer in your coffee. It's so loaded with artificial crap and or a lot of extra calories that spike your insulin. Try Nut Pods Creamer. It does contain some ingredients I'm not fond of, but it's only 10 calories per tablespoon and it will keep you in fasting mode. One of the ingredients I'm not fond of is natural flavors. You may be wondering what's wrong with natural flavors. They're natural, right? The term natural flavor or natural flavoring is defined by the FDA as a substance extracted, distilled, or similarly derived from natural sources like plants, fruits, herbs, veggies, barks, roots, etc., or animals, meat, dairy products, eggs, etc., via a method of heating with its primary function in food being flavoring, not nutritional. Natural flavor mixtures can contain more than 100 chemicals, including solvents, emulsifiers, flavor enhancers, and preservatives. Some natural flavors, classified as safe, are made of more than 90% other substances used to enhance the flavor being created. MSG can be one of those ingredients. To break it down for you, to be classified as a natural flavor, one of the ingredients must be from something natural. Could be a plant or animal then are mixed with other products or chemicals to create a flavor. Natural? Mm, Not really. Therefore, I would avoid foods and beverages with natural flavors in the ingredients. Tip number four, plan out your meals for the week. When you go grocery shopping, come home and prep your vegetables. It's easy to let your vegetables rot in the crisper because either you forgot about them or washing them and preparing them is just too hard when you just want to eat. Make it easy for yourself. You can create a mini salad bar right in your refrigerator. Get glass, not plastic, sealed containers. Wash, cut, and seal your vegetables so they are ready and easy to grab to add to a salad or anything you want to have with them. Number five, avoid diet sodas. They're diet, they should be fine, but they're not. Actually, all diet processed food and beverages will sabotage your diet plan. Several studies have proved conclusively that drinking diet soda is associated with weight gain. The artificial sugar confuses our metabolic process. When sugar enters our bloodstream, the pancreas produces insulin, right? We just talked about that. The insulin tells our cells to either use the sugar for fuel or store it as fat. When our taste buds sense sweetness from sugar or artificial sweeteners, our brain signals the pancreas to start producing insulin. Our brain can't tell the difference between the artificial sweetener and sugar. When the insulin arrives to process this anticipated sugar, but then no sugar arrives, the metabolic process is confused. And now there is insulin that doesn't know what to do. Continued overproduction of insulin can lead to insulin resistance. This metabolic confusion has linked regularly drinking diet soda and metabolic syndrome. This may contribute to high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and a bigger belly. It's also addictive. Artificial sugar triggers the same response in our brains as real sugar. Sugar can have an addictive hold on us. It awakens the pleasure center in our brain and we get a good hit of dopamine. Dopamine is a happy chemical in our brain that makes us feel good. Because it feels good, we crave more and more. The same dopamine process occurs with cocaine, heroin, nicotine, and other addictive substances. Our brain adapts and soon more is required to trigger that happy dopamine surge. This can be a real struggle for those with addictive behaviors. This is why not only diet soda is dangerous, but all processed foods, especially quote diet foods. 
they can be as addictive as hardcore drugs. I highly recommend that when you are serious about getting fit, I mean really getting fit, not going on a diet, that you pay attention to the things I have mentioned here. The biggest takeaway for many is this, that eating less and working out more is not the end all for losing weight because our body has a homeostasis mechanism. So when you stop providing calories as you were providing, your metabolism slows, which means the amount of calories that were being burned as fuel slows down to balance the metabolic budget. I've created an eight-week nutrition plan that has proven to be 100% successful for those that follow the plan. Like I said in the very beginning, what works for you may not work for someone else because we are all different. However, for the most part, this program works for those that have some slowing in their metabolism due to bad habits. It works for those wanting to break bad habits and especially works for those that think they are doing everything right or those who know they are doing everything wrong and want help. If you are interested in being a part of this, let me know and I can provide you with the options available to you. My utmost wish for you is that you have the body you know is yours, the healthy fit body that may have been buried in fat and frustration. It doesn't have to stay there. Here's the thing, we have one life, one life, that's it. No dress rehearsal. You have one body, that's it. No trade-ins. Together, we can make your one life and your one body better. There are no guarantees because I don't know what you will do, but I will guarantee what I will do. I will provide sound nutritional advice, a simple to follow plan and support. Please note, simple to follow does not mean simple to do. If this were simple, you would not need my help. I promise to meet you where you are at and work with you there to help you become the best you you can be. Hey, a lot of this is mindset. If you kind of want to be in better shape or you're willing to try a few things or you already know what works, but you just want support, honestly, I'm not going to be of help to you. I've done a lot of research and have implemented what I have learned in creating a unique plan that is sustainable. I think fasting is awesome. Consuming low carbs is awesome. I believe there are benefits to being vegetarian and paleo. I just don't think for most people, any of those are sustainable. I said most people. Therefore, I've taken the best of the best and put them together in a sequence that works for sustained metabolism and weight loss. I'm someone that has been on diets, believe me. They don't work, they don't. I'd like to help you create a new way of eating and thinking. Let me know if being invited to our next eight week nutrition plan is of interest to you. Bottom line, I hope you have learned a few things here most of all, I hope you remember them and implement them to enjoy an enriched and healthy life.